0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Searching for Authenticity. This is Pastor Shannon Cain along with you, um, finally. Uh, it's great to be back, great to uh, have some time to kind of get centered and kind of get back to doing some of the things I was used to doing. Um, uh, some of you may have seen on our Facebook page that uh, there was some new content coming, and uh, this is this is it. Um, I expressed there that you know it had been kind of a wild uh, several months um, a lot of things going on Uh, you know COVID was still kind of wrecking everybody's day and uh, we'd had several rounds of it through uh, the place where I work and um, we welcomed our first uh, grandchild into the world into the family and uh, my daughter had a some complications and had to have some surgery a a month or two after and uh, so we were very involved in trying to make sure she was doing well and the baby was doing well and uh, so we were just you know we had a lot of things going on and then uh, for some reason at the ripe old age of 49 i decided to uh, go back to school and finish my bachelor's degree that i started oh so long ago uh, and that's almost complete uh, as of this recording. So uh, it's uh, it, it's been, we've had quite a, quite a bit going on. And, and I know that you guys can understand that and appreciate that. So I just appreciate so much everybody that's been uh, continuing to listen in and, and download the, the previous episodes. Uh, Want to give a shout out to our new listeners in uh, Germany that have been uh, faithfully listening for, for quite some time now, just about uh, every week, uh, sometimes multiple times a week. Uh, they've been tuning in and, and listening uh, primarily to the last episode, and uh, just really grateful for that. Uh, would really appreciate you guys uh, liking and uh, rating the, the podcast on your uh favorite podcast platform we're on just about all of them at this point uh, if there's one that that uh, you like that we're not on yet uh, just shoot us uh, an email at pastor shannon 56 at gmail.com and uh, we'll get to work on that and it's you know, usually a pretty quick and short process to get that done so uh, just just let us know we want to be as accessible as we can be to everybody um coming back today, I just wanted to uh kind of touch on um something that that came actually came up in conversation with a with a coworker a few weeks ago and uh we were talking about you know kind of kind of the struggle of the of the believer, of the of the new believer in Christ. Um, you know, that there, it's no, it's no great mystery, uh, and I'm not picking on anybody by saying that, you know, the there's a lot of folks that have uh, a struggle with the organized church, uh, whether it's because of personal experience, because of things they've seen and read, because of the experience of people that they know. There, there's just there's some difficulty there in reconciling, you know, that relationship with God. And that relationship with with the local church, with the organized church, and you know some of that um, is are things that the uh, you know that the organized church has kind of brought on themselves, and and some of it's you know it's it's misinformation. But at any rate, you know the 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 thing that we that the organized church has has always struggled with is trying to maintain its relevance in society uh, or what it perceived as relevance and allowing people to have their relationship with God and explore their relationship with God outside the walls of the church to in order a lot of times to you know establish itself as a fixture in people's lives the, the church has kind of set itself up as the gate, gatekeeper of all things spiritual. And so there's always either explicitly said or definitely implied that in order to have a relationship with God, you have to be plugged in to a local church. Now, the thing that I'll say about that is, is that it can be very beneficial to do so. You know, it's, it's, it's to have people around you that are, are truly um, living out that that life and, and truly, you know, seeking after God in a genuine way. Uh, they've, they've studied scriptures. They, you know, they're sharing practical experiences with people. Um, you know, and, and just it's good to have in, in anything that you're doing, it's good to have that mentor who has come before you and has kind of already walked that road to be a part of your life and be a part of your journey and, and the local church, you know, can serve uh, a great need there if, if, if it will do so. Um, But, you know, far too often we get bogged down in, in programs and, and agendas and um, you know, what time of the year is the time of the year to have the the giving series, uh, sermon series, and and things like that? And you know that's good and well for the organization, but what does it do for for the believer, especially for the for the new believer that's trying to figure all of this stuff out and trying to figure out what it is that that it means to be a follower of Christ? You know, I I think sometimes we get too as the organized church gets too inwardly focused and not outwardly focused enough that we don't focus on the people that um that we're there to serve we don't focus on the people that that jesus loves which is all of us you know every every color stripe creed and language and everything else you know we're we're there to love everybody because Christ loves everybody, but we don't do a good job of, of projecting that message. Um, we're in the midst of pride month right now, uh, here in June. And, and I I see people all the time when, you know, they they don't say a thing in the world about the, the symbolism of, of the rainbow being associated with pride until pride month. And then they come out of the woodwork and, you know, we're going to take the rainbow back. Well, you know, that doesn't hold a whole lot of water with me because your your argument is weak, and you know the the fact that you're supposed to love everybody, and you're supposed to be there and be present for everybody, regardless of how you feel about them or about their lives and and what you want to what sin you want to point your finger at, versus the sin that the multiple sins that you want to turn your blind eye to, really, you know you lose a lot of credibility when you do things like that. You know, and instead of focusing on things like that, you know, the let's keep Christ in Christmas. You know, what it's it's all seasonal. You have these seasonal arguments that, that just don't hold water because you it's almost like you're reminded, oh yeah, it's Christmas, let's keep Christ in Christ. Well, let's keep Christ in Christian. You know, let's let's as as people of of Jesus let's look more like reflect more of his values and his heart onto our lives and to the lives of others instead of just running around and, and waving our little catchphrases at people and thinking that we're doing something significant because we're not, we're making ourselves look foolish and we're, we're not doing, we're not doing any good for the kingdom because inviting people into a relationship with God and allowing the Holy Spirit to, to work the work that needs to be done in that life is the role of the follower of Christ. And, and we don't allow enough space for that. We feel like it's our job to not only invite people in, but to then also do the Holy Spirit's work and convict people and shame people and correct people and, you know, do all these things that are outside of our purview. Our, our job as, as followers of Christ really are just those that, that hold the door as, you know, and invite people in. We're not the gatekeepers. We're not the guy at the velvet rope telling people that they can't come in or that they don't have the credentials to come in. This is a wide open door and you're, you're just the Walmart greeter. Hi. Welcome to Jesus. Do you need a buggy? That's, that's your job. That's your role. But so, so often you want to do everybody else's role for them. You know, I'm not qualified to do the work of the Holy Spirit. That's not within my gifting. That's not within my assignment. That's not, that's not who I am. You know, there's nothing about me or or how God made me that says that one day you're going to be or supersede the Holy Spirit in his work. No, that's you know, that's but people take on that role that or they try to and they try to convict people of the things that they're doing wrong. They try to point out, you know, where where they're having missteps and things like that. And, you know, I'll say this about that if that's done lovingly inside of relationship, that's one thing, you know, if, if, if I see my, my children doing something that they shouldn't be doing and, you know, I can lovingly call that to their attention. They can receive that from me because I'm their father, you know, and, and, and I have the credibility in their lives to be able to Make a make an assertion like that, make a correction, you know, offer correction like that. And that's within my purview as their father. But as a stranger to approach somebody and to be constantly putting your thumb in their eye and saying you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. You're evil. You're going to hell. You know, all these other things. Guys, listen, the point of Christianity is not to escape hell. The point of, of Christianity is to be introduced into a love relationship with the God that created us. And we get the best look at the heart of God through the person of Jesus. You know, the way he loved, the way he cared for, the way he came to, the way he rebuked the evils that were around us. And, and not the evil in, in the world, but the evil. In the people and the systems that were set up around us, you know, and and most of those those systems that were saturated with evil or selfishness or whatever you know was was holding people back from a true relationship with God, unfortunately, a lot of times were either government or the church, because both had their own agendas. Both had you know had the their own power struggles and the things that they wanted to be able to accomplish. And this whole relationship with God thing was, was secondary. So, I mean, what I would love to see us do in a, in a genuine and thoughtful way is not only to invite people into a relationship with Christ through our lives, you know, that, that we wouldn't just go knocking on doors and, and, and beating on, the, beating on people with tracks and, and trying to lead them down the Romans Road, but that we would be inviting them in with, with our lives. Our lives would be the thing that would be enticing to them. Not the stuff that we have, but the, moreover, the way that we respond under pressure, the way that we respond in the midst of hardship, That they see in us that, that something's different. That they see in us that, you know, that, that, that there's a peace that, that resides in us that somehow is escaping them. And they want to know more. Where does that peace come from? You know, when things are, are, look hopeless to the rest of the world and we're still, we're still hopeful, where does that come from? You know, it's that kind of enticement, not, what our programs look like, not what our building looks like, you know, not, not the prosperity that we can offer you, but, but honest to goodness, how we live our lives, you know, Monday through Saturday, not just how we show up and dress and act on Sunday, but how we live out in the world. You know, that that scripture that says be in the world, but not of the world. Okay. So be in the world, don't separate yourself from it. Just don't look like it. You know, don't, don't be distraught and, and downtrodden and, and all the time wringing your hands and, and things like that. And it's not that we don't have worries and it's not that we don't have troubles, but the farther you get into this relationship with God, the more peace you'll have. You know, and, and, and we all have, you know, guys, listen, we all have worries and we all have struggles. If I listed you mine, I'd sound like a, a huge crybaby. I mean, it's it's just you know, it's just the nature of of living this life. But but I also have hope and I have peace, so that even though I do get get tore up sometimes and I do get upset and I do get worried, it doesn't last very long. You know, I don't I don't sit in that place. It comes on, and and I am worried, and and then. You know, I can, I'm overcome with this peace. I don't do anything magic. You know, there's, there's no certain prayer that I can pray that's going to give me peace. There's just, there's just that knowing that, you know, I know, I know the God that, that I'm in love with. I know the God that's in love with me. And because I know that, even though I get, have these moments, they don't last very long because that that peace and that knowing that there is a, a God who loves me, that there is a, a God who, you know, who looks out for me, that, you know, doesn't want to see the worst fall upon me, that I'm not, you know, I, and, and and even if even if the really hard stuff comes, that I'm not going to walk through that season in my life alone. You know and and there's been some difficult seasons um you know i've i've experienced you know loss of job loss of property loss of relationships loss of loved ones everything that everybody else goes through you know i'm not i'm not protected from those things because that's that's just part of life those things are going to happen if and that's i think that's one of the greatest disservices that the church does in trying to sell christianity is that it tells people or at least implies to people that if you sign up you'll have no more problems all your worries will go away they'll just they'll just vanish and when people get in they're all excited and they're all jacked up about how great this is going to be they don't want these worries anymore and then they come to find out that, you know what, the worries don't stop. And as a matter of fact, sometimes the hardships come even harder. And then there's that sense that somehow something is wrong with me, that something is wrong, that, that I didn't do it right, that somehow that God doesn't favor me the way I hear other people say that they he favors them. It's not that God favors you. God favors you. God looks at everybody the same. He loves everybody the same. You know, the favor that we have is that peace. The favor that we have is that hope that, you know, the the darkest of nights are going to pass and we're still going to have sunshine in the morning. You know, that, that all those things that we have aren't specific to us. Everybody has the opportunity at that. And, we can either focus on ourselves our focus on or focus on you know our relationship with god and who god is in us and who we are in this relationship and it just it, it can provide so much peace and so much understanding about what's going on around us so that we don't fall apart in the midst of all these hardships and and not falling apart and, and still persevering and still having hope is the thing that, that's going to set us apart in the eyes of those around us. And it, that's going to be the thing that's going to be enticing. You know, like I said, the, the, the church has done a, you know, and guys, you in the church know that I'm telling you the truth because you've experienced it yourselves. That somebody along the way has, has sold you on Christianity by telling you that if you, if you will follow Jesus, if you'll, if you'll give, go to the altar and give your heart to him and you'll go down in those waters and be baptized, that all your troubles and transgressions will just melt away and it'll be a brand new day. And there's truth in that. But we don't prepare people well enough because we're afraid they'll say no. We don't prepare people well enough for what comes after. We don't we, we don't stress the fact that you know you're you're gonna come under you're you're liable to come under some sort of spiritual attack after you make this decision. And the, the difficult part of it is gonna be is it's probably gonna be somebody close to you. Or it's probably gonna be somebody, something that means something, you know, fairly significant to you that's going to create this hardship. And you're going to look around and, you know, with your hands out going, you know, what's what's going on? You know, I thought this was supposed to get easier and it just got harder. What's the deal? And, you know, the church isn't coming along effectively enough and saying, look, you know, that kind of comes with it. That that's going to be part and parcel of making this decision is that your cage is going to be rattled. You know, you're you're going to get you're very likely doesn't happen to everybody necessarily, but it, to some degree, it typically does that you're going to get blindsided somewhere. And instead of being honest about that and saying, look, this is coming. We can walk through this together, you know, and I can show you all kinds of, of examples, practical and scriptural, where people have made a decision for Christ and the first thing that happened was they were persecuted. You know, be honest about that. Help people understand that this is, this is part of it. This is part of the transition from the old person to the new. This is part of the transition from walking through life by yourself to walking through life with Christ. That It's, it's part of the growing pain but that this will pass because the peace comes with it. The hope comes with it, that all these things shall pass. But if we, if we don't do a good enough job of stressing that and making sure that people are aware of that, then we do them a great disservice and we set them up for failure. And that's just, you know, that, that's as honest as I can possibly be about what that does. You know, and and if you if you've ever been a part of or been around, you know, recovery ministry or or anything like that, youth ministry, people where, you know, ministries where you're dealing with with people who are in vulnerable situations already. And you're, you're making all these promises to them that things are going to get better if you follow Christ, that things are going to get better and, and and the world's just going to look completely different and all you paint is one side of the picture and you don't tell them the other side. And guess what? That's not going to last very long. We're setting people up for failure by not being honest with them. And I think it's the honest discussion about what, what faith really looks like. Telling people that, you know, You can come to Christ outside of the church. You can come to Christ wherever you are. You know, some some of the most uh, dramatic transformations ever, some of the most dramatic conversions ever have taken place outside the church. The apostle Paul was walking down the road when he was confronted by Christ. You know, it, it's, it doesn't have to be at the altar. It doesn't have to be somebody in a suit and tie praying over you or leading you in a sinner's prayer. It has to be a genuine expression of your heart. Coming to God just as, as plainly and honestly as you can be. And if, if it involves kicking and screaming and, and yelling and, and and telling God just where you think that he's failed you, then you know what? Do that. And some people are going to, you know, some people's eyes are going to roll back in their head and they're going to start seizing on me at, at the sound of, of that directive. But hear me when I say this, God is big enough to take your criticism. He knows how you feel. He wants you to get that outside of yourself so that both of you can deal with it together. If you continue to carry that around, all that anger, all that anxiety, do you even understand that that's what prayer is? Prayer is getting that thing that has burdened you the most outside of you, expressing it to God so that the two of you can deal with it together. And it's not going to sound like little liturgical prayers that you hear in church a lot of times. Some of it's going to sound like a domestic argument. Because you're so angry and you're so upset and you're so confused by what's going on in your life or in the life of somebody that you care about that all you want to do is get that out. And and God's not going to strike you down for being disrespectful in a moment of honesty. God's not waiting. God's not sitting somewhere just waiting for you to get out of line so that He can zap you. He's not. The, he's not the edges of the of of the operation game. He's not waiting for you to touch the edge so that he can zap you. God is waiting to love you, to walk with you, to help counsel you, to help give you peace. And and if you won't hear it from him, he will send people that you'll listen to, that you can relate to, whom you will receive that message from. You know, he's, he's got a, he's got a lot of tools in the tool belt, but if you'll, if you'll seek him earnestly and, and not do so, not feel like you got to come out, you know, m- most of you guys out there, you know, aren't, aren't spiritual or aren't spiritually trained or, or scripturally trained. And, and most of you praying as you hear priests and preachers and pastors pray is, is foreign to you. Well, you know what? You don't talk to your father like that. You don't talk to your mother that way. You don't talk to a close friend that way. You don't talk to, to your intimate partner that way. Speak to God the way you would speak to your most trusted friend honestly transparently being vulnerable you know you, you if you if you pose before god you're not going to see the result out of that interaction that you're wanting to see if you're truly wanting god to to come alongside you and to to be you know, to give you that peace and to give you that comfort, then you're going to need to be honest and be, be vulnerable with him. And he's, he's going to be there. He's going to give you, you know, all of his time, all of his attention. And, and it's, it can sound like a foreign concept. If, if, if you've not been in that relationship before, and I understand that, you know, but, but the thing about it is, is that you're just going to have to give it a try. You know, if, if, you, if you really want to see what that relationship looks like, you're going to have to give it a try. You know, give God the benefit of the doubt. Just, just for a moment, think that, you know, the, the, the person, the being that created the entire universe and everything in it, who created you out of the abundance of love in his heart that he has also has the ability to, and the desire to come alongside you and and to walk with you, not only in the good times of your life, but in the most difficult times that you're never truly alone. You know, if, if, if I, if I'm going through something difficult, in my life practically speaking and I don't share that with my wife and I don't tell her honestly how I'm feeling there's nothing that she can do for me there's absolutely nothing that she can do for me to give me any kind of comfort to help help me find any kind of peace if, I, if I'm not honest with her and I'm not telling her exactly what's going on and get that first outside of myself and then deal with that with somebody that I love and that loves me and that and that genuinely wants the best for me. You know, only then can I start finding my way clear of at least if the situation doesn't change, at least I can change. At least how I'm responding to that situation can change. Which sometimes is is bigger than the situation itself changing. Because sometimes, you know, things are just going to be the way they are. People are going to be the way they are. You're not going to change them. So I've got to decide how I'm going to respond to that. What I'm going to do. And that's all I can control. And that relationship through prayer with God and being honest and vulnerable and you know transparent in, in those conversations with Him are the the ways in which I'm going to find my way through and be able to navigate those difficult times. And you you know you need to do that however that works best for you. You know I would encourage you absolutely if if you can find a local church that you know that fits for you that 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 you feel like on a spiritual level that this place is is really trying to lead people to christ and they're trying to walk with people and help them navigate that relationship and, and and they're giving them a, a, a walking around faith. They're giving them walking around knowledge of Scripture. And by that I mean they're not just giving you stuff that you can hear on Sunday and talk about over lunch when you leave. They're giving you practical knowledge that you can employ as soon as you walk out the door and employ all week long in your everyday life. You know, if you can find a place like that, that really fits for you, the atmosphere fits for you, then, then join in that place. If you can't, haven't been able to find that for whatever reason, then find a person. You know, there's somebody that you know, who is maybe just a little bit further along in their spiritual journey that you can talk with, that's already kind of navigated the waters that you're just starting into and, and they can offer some guidance and they can offer some support, you know, and, and you can kind of be, you know, one another's spiritual friends, spiritual partners so that, you know, that you're, you have some support because honest to goodness, the church was set up to be a a support system and not set up to be what it's become, you know, this, this massive attractive, you know, let's let's get all the the lights and fog machines and, and all the sound equipment and video equipment and all that other stuff. You know, it's, it was never meant to be that it was meant to be personal. It was meant to be something that was going to be intimate. You know, the, the, the first church gatherings took place around the dinner table because that's where people could commune together and they, and and they kind of let their guard down and they would, you know, they could be comfortable and they could interact in, in such a way that, you know, it, it led to a deeper relationship and it, re, it led to more vulnerability with one another and, and deeper relationships. You know, that's what it's supposed to be. And if you can find that, rock that out. If you can't, maybe it's time you try to seek out a way to create that for yourself. You know, that is possible. You can, you can do that. There's, there's no, there's no spiritual law against you creating a safe space for yourself to explore your, your spiritual needs. You know, to explore your your faith, to support the people around you. There's there's nothing anywhere that says that you're not allowed to do that. As a matter of fact, I would encourage it. Most churches today can trace their roots all the way back to somebody's living room. Somewhere along the way, they kind of lost their way, and they got more focused. and And it's it's just the it, it's the nature of the beast that the bigger you get, the more you're going to have to focus on the ancillary things and not the main thing. Ancillary things being the color and texture of the carpet or the hardwood flooring or the paints or the seats or you know whether you have pews or chairs or things like that. Those, those are the ancillary things. The main thing is your relationship with God and your relationship with the people around you. Those are the things that are are important. Those are the things that need to be focused on. And those are the things that, you know, you want to give the majority of your attention to. And honestly, guys, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. If you're if you guys feel so led to do something of significance outside of yourselves, something missional in your community where you're, you know, you know, you need a little bit of funds to do that. Guess what? If you guys pull your money together to do something missional, you don't have any other expenses coming out of that. You don't have any, anything going for the building, anything going for staff. You don't have anything going for all this other stuff. You can actually, pull your resources together, whatever that looks like and apply it directly to that need. You know, there's, there's a lot of, lot of value in being able to do things in, in a small, personal, intimate way, you know, and, and I think that's, that, that's been part of my own journey and, and I've done, you know, larger church I've done living room church. And I can tell you that the, the smaller, more intimate settings have always produced more in my spiritual life than the other. Almost without exception. Because all the other noise and, and arguing and all the other stuff that goes along with it was wasn't a part of what was going on. We were there for a purpose. You know, we were there seeking God together. Seeking, you know, seeking answers together. And we navigated those waters together. You know, and, and people, they, they get so bogged down because, like I said, the church has kind of programmed us into thinking that without the church, your faith isn't valid. Well, guess what? Your faith is valid wherever you are. Whoever you are. Nobody can tell you that because you're this, that, or the other, that you don't have access. Because Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I say again, all of you. He didn't say those of you who learn all the right words and have your act together when you get to this point then you can come never said that never once he said you with a needle in your arm come to me you living in adultery come to me you carrying around the burden of stress And anxiety self-doubt self-harm come to me and I will give you rest he's speaking directly to you directly to me and he's saying come to me just as you are and I will take these heavy burdens from you and I will give you rest Does that mean that they're just going to go away? No, that means the impact of them on your lives will start to fade. And they'll fade, and they'll fade, and they'll fade. And over time, their impact on your life will become less and less and less until they're nothing. Does that mean the drugs are going to go away? No. Does that mean that that the opportunity to become depressed and angry and anxious are going to go away? No. But when those opportunities arise, that peace and that hope are going to be greater than the propensity to fall into old habits. It'll it'll take a while. You didn't get to the point that you're in your life right now overnight and you're not going to be fixed overnight. And anybody else that tells you any different is lying to you. Anybody that tells you that, you know, say the say the sinner's prayer, go down in the water, and everything's going to be magically fixed, they are bold faced lying to you. What is going to happen is that you're choosing to live your life in a different way with with a different set of with some with something different to turn to when things get difficult. Most of us turn to to drugs or you know have anxiety and depression things like that because we we feel like we have no place else to turn like we have nobody to turn to that loneliness breeds a whole lot of depression and and anxiety and we end up self-medicating if you want to know the the true definition of the Great Physician, that's it. It's, he's that one that comes along and provides the provides the medication for our soul that we've not been able to find in any needle, in any bottle, in any pill bottle, in any bed, in anything else that we've tried to seek out. We're going to find the relief for our souls that we've been longing for. And you can you can do that. You can find that wherever you seek it out. You know that's that's not just a a snappy catchphrase that Jesus threw out there. That seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be answered. If you're looking for Christ, you'll find him. Not casually. But if you're you're intently looking for the genuine Christ, you will absolutely find him. He'll be in the least likely place you expected it. And he'll be so it'll be so obvious. It, there'll be a knowing in your spirit. There'll be that, that spiritual connection, that Holy Spirit knowing that this this is what I've been looking for. So I want to encourage you guys, you know, don't don't be discouraged by the things that you've heard or the things that you've experienced. Don't allow all those bad experiences that you've had or or things that you've heard or things that you've read to sway you from seeking after a genuine relationship with God. Don't let somebody else posing as a Christian telling you that you don't have access to God to sway you from putting yourself out there for that relationship with God. Because come to me, all you who are weary and I will give you rest all who are weary For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. Whosoever. Guys, those are, those are wide open, open ended, no credentials needed kind of statements. So stop letting people who are insecure in themselves and insecure in their faith tell you that you don't have access to the genuine, authentic Christ because you do scripture says that you do and whatever he wants to do in your life is between you and him and the Holy Spirit whatever he says should stay is what he feels like should stay whatever he convicts you in your spirit that needs to go then maybe that thing needs to go but that's not for me to say that's not for some TV preacher to say. That's not for some jerk on the internet to say. That's only Christ through the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And take that for what it is. That's that's truth. That is truth. People were scared to death of the Apostle Paul when he was first converted because he was, he was so fiery and he was, he was so zealous that they were scared to death that he was just going to be a a wolf in sheep's clothing and he was going to infiltrate and, and just wipe out the church. He was going to wipe out the, you know, he was going to wipe out the believers from the inside out. because Jesus didn't see fit to remove that zeal from him he was just he was just as passionate he just turned it around he used everything that that he already had there he didn't give him any any new gifts other than you know he's he healed a, a couple of times and and some things like that but as far as the, the ability to speak multiple languages, you know, the ability to interact with, with people in, in high society or in different cultures, you know, that was something that he was already gifted to do. And he left that in there and he used it for good. And the things that are in you that can be used for good according to his will, will be left because there's people that you can reach. There's people that you can, can come alongside. There's people that are in the same place that you're in right now who, who need a friend, who need a spiritual partner, who you are going to be able to relate to that many others may not. So don't get bogged down in thinking that I start thinking about all the things that you're going to have to give up because that is a work of the Holy Spirit and that's just between you and him. It's not for any don't listen to any of these wackaloos out there that tell you that you're going to have to give this up that up that you're not going to be able to cuss or drink or smoke or, or do any of those things whatever God convicts you of and says, you know what, in order for you to do the work that I need you to do, you need to stop doing this until you hear that voice. Don't listen to the, to the voice of all the the internet preachers, all the internet Christians. You do what it is that you feel so led to do by the Holy Spirit. And you'll never be wrong. guys, that's going to be my time for today. Um, man, I've missed you. I've missed being able to do this. This is, um, really exciting for me. I'm thankful that you guys have have hung in there, that you're continuing to listen. Um, I promise, I promise, I promise it won't be, uh, this long again between episodes. So, um, let me know, you know, like I said, like on our Facebook page, uh, send me an email, uh, let me know that you guys are listening, where you're listening from, what you like, what you want to hear. Uh, and I'd love to be able to to include that in future episodes. Um, take care of yourselves. Seek God. Love one another. Do the will of your Father. If you're not sure what that is, just ask.